Welcome to another Folk Roots Radio. I'm Jan Hall. All the best in Folk Roots Americana, singer-songwriters and blues, and artist interviews. On Folk Roots Radio, we're all about the music and the people that make it. Now coming up, we're bringing you the second half of our two-hour conversation with musician, music arranger, and producer Paul Mills. Paul Mills has been working in the music industry for over 45 years as a musician and arranger, and also the producer and engineer of over 200 folk music recordings. That includes albums by Stan Rogers, Sharon Lois and Bram, Terry Kelly, Ron Hines, John Allen Cameron, Irish Mython, and the Lucky Sisters. It's a great interview, so hopefully you'll stay with us for another hour of great conversation with Paul Mills, alongside music from more of the great artists who joined him in the studio. Enjoy. I dropped a quarter and a jukebox Played a song for you Kissed you by the pinball king Listen to Dal Shannon sing And I had all his records He was my favorite then And that's all gone It won't come back again That's all gone It won't come back again I woke and I put on my father's shoes I stood out in the front yard like he used to do Stepped across the morning sand The skyline only showed a sign of rain And mine would be the only footprints that remained That's all gone, it won't come back again that's all gone, it'll all come back again There was something that I meant to say But too many words got in the way Yeah, yeah And I dreamed it was 1962 I lit a fire on a beach I lay in the sand with you Sang songs till the rain would come Straight across the fields we'd run You wrapped a sweater around my first guitar I walked you home It's all gone, it'll all come back again That's all gone, it'll all come back again There was something that I meant to say Got in a way, a gagging, a I dream it was 1962. Dropped a quarter and a jukebox, played a song for you. Kissed you by the pinball king. Listen to Dell Shannon sing. And I had all his records, he was my favorite then Him and Brian Wilson, and that's all gone It'll all come back again That's all gone, 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 it'll all
that's all gone It won't come back again That's Ron Hines with the song 1962, one of his classic songs from the album Get Back Change, which was produced by Paul Mills in 2003. Paul Mills, our special guest in the studio today. Mm. How many albums did you record with Ron? Uh, We did three altogether. I actually met Ron back in the early 70s when I was producing for CBC. Back then we did uh, what were called broadcast recordings, and I did one with Ron. And apparently I was the first producer that he ever worked with uh, in that context. So many years later, when we uh, met up again, uh, he asked if I'd be willing to work with him on this album. And uh, and it took me a nanosecond to decide, and, and we ended up doing this album together. And we had a great time. It was interesting. Um, he came to my studio in Toronto. He's living in Newfoundland, of course. He came to my studio. Uh, and we did pre-production work and all that. And then, and then we did... Uh, we did his tracks, guitar and vocal, and then we brought in uh, drums and bass. And then there was, of course, many more things to go on. We were going to be adding some keyboards and steel and fiddle and all this stuff. And Ron said to me, uh, after the drum and bass session, he turned to me and says, well, see, I'm heading home. I said, what? He says, yeah, I'm heading home. Uh, he said, you don't want me around during overdose. Well, uh, you always work with artists, Ron. I, you know, I want you here. Nope, nope, I'm going home. See ya. And he walks out. Well, <laughs> so like, I go on and I continue with the overdub sessions and uh, really nervous because, you know, I always like to have the artist there say, oh, it sounds good or not, could we, you know, change, have that input. So anyway, I finished it all up, did rough mixes, sent them off to Ron, and then the phone rang one day and I was waiting for the worst, you know. Hi, Paul, it's Ron. Hi, Ron. So, what do you think? He says, I love it all. <laughs> I said, Great. I said, you even like the ukulele track? He says, what bloody ukulele track? <laughs> I snuck in a ukulele on a song called Good Dog is Lost. Oh, uh, oh <laughs> right. Fabulous song. Yeah. Uh, and uh, ironically, it's the song, uh, it's the title song from a, a fabulous tribute album to Ron Hines done by Ken Tizard. You had Ken on your show recently. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I love that album, but I, I, I mean, and Ken's version is great. Yeah. But Ron's is still something else. I mean, it, every time I listen to that song, I mean, it's like, I don't know, I get goosebumps on my goosebumps. Yeah. There's something about the way Ron sings anyway, because he has that almost like a, it's like a tremolo thing going on. Or yeah, something. yeah. Great singer. Yeah, absolutely fabulous. <laughs> yeah. So it was great to work with him. But he, he was, uh, at the time, I didn't know this, but at the time he was very heavily into drugs. He was uh, a crack co- cocaine addict. And he was very high-functioning. You wouldn't know that he was a, a druggie. And uh, I think that was the reason he didn't want to be around during the overdubs, because he, he thought that he would just end up being a nuisance. And he probably would have been. You know, he later he later uh, went through rehab and, and got clean, and we did our second album together, which was just called Ron Hines. Uh, and he did that without being on drugs. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, very sad when he left us. Well, since you bring up the subject of A Good Dog is Lost, why don't we play that just now? But tell us a little bit more about it. Well, it was, uh, it was written after his, uh, his little daughter, I think she was five years old at the time, came home. And uh, their neighbor's dog had run away. 
So she went up to him, Ron, and said, Daddy, a good dog is lost. And <laughs> he said, there's a song. And so he ended up writing the song. And in the album liner notes, he gives credit to his daughter. But it, it was based on the true story because they actually did do signs with crayons and posted them all around the neighborhood and put them on people's windshields and all this stuff. And, and the sign said, a good dog is lost. It is a fabulous song. Goosebumps on top of you, Goosebumps. This is Ron Hines with A Good Dog Is Lost from the album Get Back Change. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. Good Dog Is Lost Set a sign above the counter at the corner store with an address and a phone to call Still in all it said Just a little bit more it said Hey there stranger Well I can I can hardly be Someone that I love that much Is a runaway from me And if the finder Could only Return to me At any cost a good dog is lost Somewhere out there tonight Upon a darkened street Running breathless with a wild beating heart In all directions on four tiny feet Calling, hey there stranger Well I can, I can hardly believe Someone that I love that much Has forgotten about me Look at all these people Tucked away in their houses And they're watching Reruns of Who's the Boss Well a good dog is lost And a tired clerk at the counter says Every day in tiny ways we disappear On a night like this It's better him than me out there But a good dog is lost Set a flyer beneath the windshield wiper of my car So I stashed it in my groceries Caught this expression in my rearview mirror It said, hey there stranger Well I can, I can hardly believe That a picture of a puppy drawn with a crayon Get to a guy like me I just go out and drive around I know I'll never sleep But I'll just turn and toss For a good dog is lost Good dog is lost Our, 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 our Oh, 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 oh. A good dog is Years have gone 
since I've been alone. Fifty-five years of you still fill this home. But today somebody stopped the clocks, closed the curtains against the sun. And it felt colder somehow. Fifty-five years ago, when you took my hand. Go. The day you made me a man, I lay there trembling, didn't quite know what to do, but you held me softly, whispering. Five years or more, I've never slept alone, and the space beside me now doesn't feel like it should. But I close my Anybody know my name? Fifty-five years from now, will anybody know my pain? But for now, I'm finding comfort in the little things I see all around this loving home. Five years ago. Fifty-five years from now.
you are listening to Folk Roots Radio with Jan Hall. Yeah. Hi, my name's Irish Maiden, and I've got to tell you, I'm digging all this folk roots and blues. That's Irish Maiden with the song 55 Years from her 2007 album, Sweet Necessity. That was an album produced by Paul Mills, our special guest on Folk Roots Radio Mm -hmm. today. That was her first album, or her first full-length album, right, Yeah, first full-length album. Um, It's interesting how we ended up working together. Uh, I did an album with a a fellow uh, from the East Coast named Jim Hanlon, songwriter from Canso. He worked in uh, a fish processing plant in the Maritimes until the, the uh, that industry went belly up. So he moved to Bahrain, and he's still there, actually. He works in the fish, uh, fish plant industry there. And he met Irish over there. Irish was living at home with her parents, who were also working in the fish industry in Bahrain, all originally from Ireland. And uh, he got to know Irish a little bit, and he contacted me one day and said, there's this young woman here who's an amazing singer, and would you be willing to work with her? So I listened to some demos, and I said, sure. So her her parents financed it. She flew over to Canada and came to my studio, and we did a a demo. Uh, I think it was a four or five song recording, which she put out. She was playing the uh, Stan Rogers Folk Festival that summer, and I encouraged her to put this out and and sell it at the festival. Well, she made 50 copies, and they were sold within 10 minutes of her first appearance. Anyway, uh, a year later, uh, uh, we decided that it's time to do a full-length album, and so she came back to the studio, and and this album was the result. Was she planning to live in Canada at that time? Because I know she's lived all over the world mm-hmm. because of, uh, you know, her uh, parents, I think her father was based in a lot of different places yep. uh, over time. I can't remember exactly when she moved to Canada, but it was around that time that she decided. And she met someone. Uh, I don't think it's her current partner, but uh, anyway, this person lived in um, in uh, New yep. Brunswick. A truly remarkable performer. And we were talking during the song with the, the fact that she's been a big hit in London, Ontario, mm-hmm. at, at Home County. And you're actually pretty involved at the, the festival, the Home County uh, folk Festival. Yeah, I'm chair of the board uh, for the Home County Folk League, as the organization is called. And it's keeping me pretty busy. <laughs> but I love it. I, I, I love what uh, we do. I lo- the festival is uh, magical. I, I love the Home County Festival every summer. And we've started to do more things year-round as well. We're doing concerts and workshops year-round. And London has such a great music oh, scene. I yeah. mean, it really does. It does. There's a... Uh, there's always something, uh, particularly in our kind of music, there's a lot going on in London. The Aeolian Hall, uh, we were just there seeing the Ennis Sisters a couple of days ago. Bev and I go there a lot. There's the, the Cuckoo's Nest Folk Club at Chaucer's uh, once or twice a month. There's always somebody there that we like to see. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a great town. And of course, they have the Junos coming, coming in up 2019. In That's yeah. right. It's yeah. going to be pretty crazy. Yeah. Well, it, it, in some ways, I think London is a city that doesn't always get its due as far as its music scene mm. is concerned. One of the things I've been really impressed about is the fact that they have a music office that I think is is supported by the city, which it I is. find is really... I mean, I, I, I assume Toronto has one. I actually don't know that, but I really, I've been impressed with the way that London has an office that supports music generally. They go to the folk conference and they'll yep. they'll put on showcasing for There was artists. a at the uh, 
Folk Music Ontario conference yeah. just recently. You were there. They had a showcase room. Yeah, that was actually the second year they'd done that, which yeah. was fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, uh, we applaud them. Yeah. We're going to head back to the music with Shelley Posen. Mm. An interesting album, Songs from a Jewish Life, Menorah. Yep. Uh, tell us a little bit about producing this one. Well, uh, your listeners may be familiar with Shelley through his work with The Finest Kind, uh, which was a vocal trio, wonderful group. But I've known Shelley since university days, and he's a, he's a magical singer and songwriter. He's a very, very clever guy. And he's a Jewish guy, and he decided to do an album all about the Jewish culture. And so he wrote all these songs. Some of them are hilariously funny. Others are, are heart-moving, but all from a Jewish perspective. And uh, uh, it was a lot of fun to work on this album. He, he actually asked me to work with him because he knew that I had produced a lot of different kinds of music, aside from just pure folk, that I had some experience with jazz and with arranging for strings and things of that nature. And he wanted that kind of variety on the album. So uh, we, ended, we ended up doing two Jewish albums together. This was the first one. And then there was another one um, a couple of years later. But uh, this particular song is, is, is a lot of fun because it's, uh, in the liner notes, he says it, it was born of the uh, curious bit of knowledge that Jewish people seem to love Chinese food. And there's a certain Jewish ceremony which requires a kind of a, a quorum. There have to be at least 10 Jewish men at this ceremony for it to be validated. They're called a minion, you know. And if there's and if they're a man or two short of a minion, then the rabbi goes to the nearest Chinese restaurant where he'll sh- be sure and find some more Jewish guys to bring in. So <laughs> that's basically what the song's about. And this song is called Dim Sum, which is yes. <laughs> uh, pretty fun. Shelley Posen with Dim Sum from the album Menorah, Songs from a Jewish Life. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio with Paul Mills, and I'm Jan Hall. I was in a Chinese restaurant on a wintry afternoon. The dim sum girls were going around, calling out the dim sum tune. I was just about to choose a dish and pour myself some tea. When a hustle came in, looked around, and he walked right up to me. He said, I know you're Jewish, I see the kugel in your face. And I know you're wondering what a Jew like me is doing in this place. Well, I'm not here to give you grief about what you do or how. I've just come to give you a chance to perform a little mitzvah now. And I don't care what kind of Jew you are, the kind of Jew you are is fine with me. If your mom was Jewish, then you're up to par. You're as echt as I need you to be. You may eat treif and chazerai, but that doesn't mean you don't qualify. A Jew's a Jew, no one can deny. You get a Torah-clad warranty. There's a small base midrash down the street where we're reading the Gemara through. And when time for Mincha rolls around, we're often short a man or two. To complete our minion, I always go where there'll be Jews to spare. That's any good Chinese restaurant, I know I'll find a lunchman there. And I don't care what kind of Jew you are, the kind of Jew you are is fine with me. And now's your chance to be a Jewish star Cause if a minion is a lock then you are a key And I don't care on what you feed Or the kind of Jewish life you lead I'm a Jew in need of a Jew indeed And you will suit me to a tea
Now a mitzvah is a mission that a Jew cannot refuse. And you're not a mensch if you stand by and don't help your fellow Jews. So I got up, put on my coat without delay or fuss. When some guys at a nearby table said, if you're going to dove and wait for us. And I don't care what kind of Jew you are, the kind of Jew you are is fine with me. Even if you haven't had a bar, you're a leaf on the family tree. You may only go to shul on Yom Kippur, or lead the life of a goy gamur. But with Jews, there's no such thing as pure. So buddy, you're the Jew for. You may not think it's very cool, but the genes in your particular pool are saying, would it be so bad if you went to shul? And buddy, that's a Jew too. Shmulek, that's a Jew too. Yingle, that's a Jew to me. Karen Morand, and you're listening to Folk Roots Radio with my friend, Jan Hall. That's Laura Smith with the song, I Built a Boat, from her 2013 album, Everything is Moving, another album produced by Paul Mills, who's our special guest in the studio at Folk Roots Radio today. Didn't that Laura Smith song just melt your heart? 
Absolutely beautiful. Huh. Absolutely beautiful. And that was her kind of comeback album, wasn't it? Yeah, she was at a commission for about 16 years. She had a very bad accident falling off a horse. When she was ready to record again, I was so pleased that she came to me and we ended up doing this album together. It's one of my favorite albums. She's a, she's an amazing singer and songwriter. And I, what I like to say about Laura Smith is that when she delivers a song, she leaves nothing behind. It's all there, you know. It's interesting to say that because, you know, we were talking during one of the songs about the, you know, the fact that you have decided that, you know, the time is right to to maybe step away from mm -hmm. active production. You know, if you decide to make another album, maybe you'll get involved in producing that. But I think a lot of the, you know, you kind of touched on this when you were talking about Laura Smith, but uh, it's the fact that, you know, there are great people out there who make beautiful music, fabulous songwriters. It must be wonderful to be asked to, to produce those people. It is. It's an honor. Yeah. And I'm humbled by it, you know, and, I've, you know, I admired, I admired Laura for years uh, as a singer and a songwriter. I actually knew her back in the early 70s when uh, I was in London and Smales Pace Coffee House was, was going strong. She was uh, a waitress and a cook at the uh, coffee house. Uh, we knew her as Susie Smith back then. But, uh, but so we got kind of got to know each other back then a little bit. And so coming together to make this album in 2012-13, it was a real kind of homecoming for me. It was, it was great to work with her. Can you talk about some of the changes you've seen in the, the years? I mean, you've been involved in, in music and, you know, as a working at the CBC and, um, mm -hmm. you know, as a producer, it seems to me like the, the pace of change has sped up so much as technology is, is infused into everything. Absolutely. Well, you know, back in the day we used to make, uh, we used to use this stuff called tape and, uh, uh, a big reel of two-inch tape uh, held 15 minutes of music, and uh, you were limited to 16 or 24 tracks, and that was it. Nowadays, it's all on your computer, and you, you can have a million tracks if you want. Uh, so that has all changed hugely. Um, back in those early days, you had to have a lot of money to make an album because studios were expensive. Uh, nowadays, all you need is a computer and a microphone, and you, you can make an album. You know? So it's really, really changed. Also, back in the early days... Uh, most albums were done with uh, major labels who had the big bucks and uh, and they could finance, so you'd have to get signed by a label and all that. But as the technology became more accessible, people moved more to producing their own music on their own labels. And uh, the independent labels really started to uh, come to the fore during the 70s and 80s. So that's changed the landscape hugely. And now the big labels are all about history. Do you find that changes people's expectations when they, you know, decide that they want to come in the studio with you? The, the fact that, I mean, like, do they come more prepared perhaps than they were before? You know, maybe they have some demos they've been working on themselves before they, they join you? In some cases, that's true, yes. Uh, in some cases, no. Some cases, uh, even as simple as the technology is becoming they still are not involved in that and want to come to someone who actually knows how to do it. So it depends on the artist. You know. I always, when I'm working with artists, I always go through a, a pretty extensive pre-production process. We sit down before we go into the studio and we talk about what songs we're going to record, what kind of arrangements, what kind of instrumentation, 
Uh, sometimes when we go through the songs, I might have a suggestion about, you know, it might sound good for the song to have a bridge or that melody is great, but it would be nice if you did a little twist there. So sometimes I've actually even gone to the extent of being a co-writer on some songs with artists. I tried that with Ron Hines, by the way, and he says, nope, these songs are finished. <laughs> yes, sir, Ron. And then obviously the fact that you are a very talented musician in your own right, you probably end up playing on a lot of the people that, that come in as well. Yeah, most of the albums I've produced, I end up playing something on them. Yeah. And uh, most of the albums I've produced, I try to get some ukulele in on at least one track. <laughs> I was wondering just to make sure that you were seeing how, how much attention they were actually paying. I would imagine if it's, <laughs> if it's your own music, you're going to pay lots of attention. Have the length of sessions changed with the way that the technologies come in? Are people spending less time with you in a studio compared to what they would have done in the, I was going to say, the olden days? No, in my experience, it's about the same. Uh, yeah. We spend as much time as we need to spend to make sure it's as good as it can be. And the technology really has no bearing on that. How often would you record live off the floor versus, you know, spending time to 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 build up a, well, a track? Well, my particular uh, method of working is largely building tracks. Um, I've live off the floor. Uh, I would I would use that if it was necessary. Like if there's a lot of tempo change and a lot of fluidity to the uh, to the song and the performance, then that would be live off the floor. But if there's a, a good strict tempo and so on. As I said earlier in the show, I like to I like to spend time making sure the vocals are as good as they can be. So doing vocals in an overdub situation works well, at least for me, and for most of the artists that I've worked with. We're almost getting up to date with some of the music we're playing today. Mm -hmm. The next track we're going to play is, is out of this world, I think, because it's going to be Chris Hadfield and the Bare Naked Ladies together on a track that's entitled ISS, which could mean the International Space Station, but actually is the, the, the full title would be Is Somebody Singing? Tell us about this track. Well, uh, working with Chris, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the story. I did an album with his brother about uh, four years before but Dave, this. Dave Hadfield. Dave Hadfield. And Chris actually came in and sang some vocals on that album. So we got to know each other a little bit. And he was a huge Tanglefoot fan, a group that I was producing at the time. So uh, he came out to one of uh, a live recording that I was doing with Tanglefoot. So Chris and I got to know each other. And then a couple of years later, uh, I got a call from Joey Taylor, who was uh, somebody that I knew at the CBC. And Joey had had made uh, this guitar. He had it made by a, a builder out in Nova Scotia, which is uh, built from pieces of wood from all over Canada. There's even a a piece of the canoe paddle that Pierre Trudeau used in that famous picture of him paddling the canoe. There's a piece off Bobby Orr's uh, uh, Stanley Cup ring in there in the inlay. Anyway, Joey asked me, he knew that I knew Chris, and he, we knew that Chris was going up to the space station uh, later that year. He said, do you think uh, I could get Chris to take the guitar up to the station with him? I said, well, I could ask. So I phoned Chris up and I said, well, what do you think? Uh, could you take this guitar up? He says, I could take it up, but it would never come back because, you know, it's the last time that the shuttle is going up and that's the last time they'd have room for such a thing. So I told Joey the bad news. And Anyway, in subsequent conversations, Chris and I got talking because uh, I knew that he played guitar and sang. And he said, you know, there is a guitar up there already. I said, oh, really? He says, yeah, there's a Larivee up on the International Space Station. I said, Wow. So you, you actually go up there and you can play and 
She says, oh, yeah, and we can record, too, because we've got, you know, a little Mac um, computer, and we can record. I said, so you could maybe even make an album while you're up there. She says, oh, yeah. She says, why don't we do that? So we agreed, and we did uh, some work prior to his uh, departure, uh, picking some songs and do the, doing the pre-production thing. And then he went up, and, uh, yeah, he we were in correspondence by email and all this, and he would record tracks and send them down to me. And along the way, uh, I mentioned this project to a friend I knew at CBC who was head of music, Anne McKeegan. And she's, she's, I, I said, you know, would CBC be interested in getting involved in this project and uh, perhaps getting Chris and someone to write a song together, which CBC would commission? She said, Absolutely. So we ended up getting Chris and Ed Robertson from the Bare Naked Ladies together, and they co-wrote this song. This is before Chris left for the station. They worked up the song, and uh, we ended up uh, with CBC saying, this would be a perfect song for the Music Monday program, which was a group uh, promoting music education in schools. So it was all set up. It would be the Music Monday song for 2013. So I had Ed Robertson recording the the track in his home studio with just a, him and a click track. I sent it up to Chris on the space station. Chris recorded his vocal and guitar up there, sent me the tracks back down to earth. And then I had the Bare Naked Ladies and a choir called the Wexford Gleeks in a CBC studio. And they recorded the song live straight to uh, tape with Chris's pre-recorded tracks from space. And it ended up being uh, made into a video. So that's the, the long story, but it was a lot of fun. Now, I think as far as the album was concerned, you ended up not being able to, to finish that work. No, right? uh, Chris ended up signing with Warner Brothers, and they had a producer in mind, so I didn't finish the tracks Yeah, with, uh, with Chris. But, uh, but you were involved in this song. This was the one song that got released. It was never released as a record. It was just released as a CBC video. But uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot, bit of a logistical nightmare, but we got through it. This is Chris Hadfield and the Bare Naked Ladies with his Somebody Singing. And you're listening to Folk Roots Radio with Paul Mills, and I'm Jan Hall. On solid fueled wires Turn the key and light the fire We're leaving earth today This rocket's burning bright We'll soon be out of sight And orbiting in space Push back in my seat Look out my window there goes home That ball of shiny blue Houses everybody Anybody ever knew So sing your song I'm listening Out where stars are glistening I can hear your voices Bouncing off the moon you could see our nation from the international space station. You know why I want to get back soon. 
18,000 miles an hour Fueled by science and solar power The ocean's racing past At half a thousand tons 90 minutes moon to sun A bullet can't go half this fast Floating from my seat Look out my window, there goes home That brilliant ball of blue Is where I'm from and also where I'm going to So sing your song, I'm listening Out where stars are glistening, I can hear your voices bouncing off the moon. If you could see our nation from the International Space Station, you know why I wanna get back soon. All black and white just fades to gray. Where the sun rises 16 times a day You can't make our borders from up here Just a spinning ball to fill a tiny atmosphere Push back in my seat Look out my window, here it comes home What once was fueled by fear Now has 15 nations orbiting together here So sing your song, I'm listening Out where stars are glistening I can hear your voices bouncing off the moon. If you could see our nation from the International Space Station, you know why I wanna get back soon. You know why I wanna get back soon. You know why I wanna get back soon. Yeah, you know why I wanna get back soon. You know why I wanna get back soon. That's Chris Hatfield and the Bare Naked Ladies with ISS is somebody singing a single from 2013 produced by our guest in the Folk Roots Radio Studio today, Paul Mills. And Paul, the next act, I think it's a very special act. We're going to talk about the Lucky Sisters. Yes, indeed. Uh, only produced one album. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alison Lupton with Rosemary Phelan and Tanner Slimmon. You uh, had the privilege of producing the album Get Lucky. Tell us a little bit about this project. Well, interesting how it evolved. Um, there's a fellow from Boston whose name is Terry Egan who uh, uh, puts on concerts to raise money to build healing gardens in hospitals. He puts on concerts a lot in, in Canada to raise this money. 
And he was in uh, Kitchener one time uh, putting on a concert, and Tannis, Slumman, Rosemary Phelan, and Alison Lupton were all on the bill. And they got together and sang one song together. And Terry was smitten by the sound of these three gorgeous singers singing together. So I guess he went back home to Boston and started to think about it. And, and he called them up one time and said, would you guys be interested in making an album? And they said, sure. And he contacted me and he said, would you be interested in producing the album? And I said, sure. They had uh, started to call themselves the Lucky Sisters. And uh, when Terry asked me to produce, uh, I wrote the three women a, an email saying, are you sure you want me to, to work with you? Because, I mean, it's important that the artist be in agreement with the producer choice. And they all said yes. So we got together and, and did this album. Now, the sad part of the story is that Rosemary at the time was terminally ill. Um, she was still able to perform and all of that, but uh, she didn't have much long, much longer to be with us. So I, I remember the first pre-production meeting, we talked about uh, doing her vocals as quickly as possible. She actually went into the studio with her husband, Jason LaProd, and did her vocals and told me later that if it had been a week later, she would not have been able to do it. Anyway, the, we got her vocals done. Uh, we added uh, Tannis and Allison in my studio, and Tannis also has a studio at her place in Guelph, and she did her tracks there with her hubby, Lewis. And uh, I put it all together in my studio, and we mixed it, and uh, I'm happy to say that Rosemary was actually able to hold the album in her hand. She actually designed the cover graphics and everything, so she was actually able to hear the finished product and before she passed. This song here is um, a very special song on the album. It was actually written by Laura Smith, who we just heard a few minutes ago. And Rosemary sings the song. The songs in this album were chosen with the knowledge of what was going to be happening. And so the songs are all about a celebration of life and love and, and valuing relationships and all of that kind of thing. And this song, uh, every time I hear Rosemary sing this song, it just melts my heart. She had a beautiful voice. Indeed, she did. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, three, you know, if you were going to put three singers together to, for a project like this, you couldn't pick three better people than Alison Lupton, Rosemary Phelan, and Tana Slimmon. Yeah. I mean, not just because of the, the values that they, they bring into their lives, but gorgeous singers, and they harmonize beautifully. Wonderfully. Yeah. The Lucky Sisters. This is The Lucky Sisters on Folk Roots Radio with the song Safe Home from their 2015 album Get Lucky. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio with Paul Mills in the studio. And I'm Jan Hall. Shadows no longer. 
That's the Lucky Sisters with Safe Home from their fabulous 2015 album, So Lucky. It's the only album that they were able to produce because of the Mm -hmm. the sad passing of Rosemary Phelan, but Mm -hmm. it's an absolutely gorgeous album. And I guess from your point of view, Paul Mills, our special guest in the studio, uh, it must have been great to to have had the privilege to be involved in that project. It was a privilege. I was honored when Terry asked me to work with them, and, and I was honored when they agreed. Three incredibly talented women. And I should mention, by the way, that that beautiful Dobro solo on that last song was played by Rosemary's husband, Jason. Yeah. And, uh, you can you can hear his heart 
Absolutely gorgeous. It's been absolutely fabulous to have you join us in the studio. I feel like we should do this again. <laughs> we've got 200 albums, so what we <laughs> I think we've talked about 10 or 15 of them today. We can do it again at a later date. So you Not decided you decided unless you make another album yourself maybe you won't be producing anymore probably not i mean if something came along that really uh made me sit up and and uh, it was an opportunity i don't know i might you know but probably not but kelly boy stubbs and paul mills will be getting out and playing more both music of yeah, both, both of them, of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah we're doing uh, i'm doing a, a, a home roots tour with dave bradstreet next fall i've got uh, a couple of things coming up uh the spring, which you'll hear about, and uh, yeah, I enjoy I enjoy performing a lot. I'm not quite the flashy guitar player I was back then. Uh, got older fingers now, but I can still rip off a tune or two. And of course, you're involved with Home County, which mm-hmm. goes from strength to strength. I'm- it's uh, it's a great organization. We have a wonderful board of directors. Uh, we have a, an army of uh, volunteers and coordinators that put this show on every summer. That just makes my jaw drop at what these people can do. And it's a lot of fun. It's a privilege to be uh, in their ranks, for sure. There'll be another great uh, festival this summer. No, that's great. So, uh, yeah, if you've not been to Home County, you definitely need to head to London. It's a fabulous city, as we've mentioned. It's got a great music scene, and they have an absolutely fabulous festival every summer. We only have one thing left to do, and that's... What's that? Well, I was going to say to pick, normally I say it's to pick the next song that we're going to play. We've already decided what it's going to be because it's going to be a Paul Mills song. Yes, you have decided, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, <laughs> from the album The Other Side of the Glass, which came out in 2006. And I yeah. wanted to be very careful that I picked a song that you actually wrote. Yes. So not only do you play and you sing, yeah. but you actually wrote this as well. We're going to finish with With a Twist. Tell us about this one. Well, this came out of uh, my son Trevor used to run a a songwriters series at uh, Hughes Room in Toronto. And what he did, it was a once a month gathering of songwriters. And what he did was issue a kind of a challenge every month. He would issue a subject for songs to be written to. And this one particular, uh, he always came up with with quirky ideas. It wasn't like write a love song or write a a historical song. This particular month, the, the topic was with a twist. And so I immediately thought of martinis. <laughs> so, so I wrote this song uh, about this this guy who's just an ordinary guy. He's nothing fancy about him. He just wears baseball caps and goes to the local neighborhood bar. And and uh, uh, and but he has this one little piece of sophistication in his life. He enjoys drinking martinis with a twist. So that's the song. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you join us in the studio today. Likewise, thank you, Jay. This is Paul Mills. With a twist, Paul Mills with a twist, from the album The Other Side of the Glass. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio. And you're Jan Hall. And I'm Jan Hall. (laughs) Thanks again. Thank you, Jan. Friday night, Frankie's Bar, seedy side of town. That's me on the bar stool, baseball hat pulled down. My friends are drinking whiskey, but I think that's uncouth, because I prefer a lemon peel swimming in gin and vermouth now I tend to get laconic when I'm offered gin and tonic hold the tonic add vermouth I must insist four to one would be so nice 
and stir it with some ice. I like my martinis with a twist. Now my life may lack pizzazz, style and all that jazz. But I don't care at all who bats an eye. Cause fancy ain't my style. And I can raise a smile just by sipping back on something cool and dry. Now I'm the sort of fellow whose life is kind of mellow Not the kind who goes out on the town There's not much that I'm in on high society of women But you know, it ain't often I feel down Now I might have better luck if I was more seductive But I'm the sort that women just dismiss Sometimes I can get grumpy And look a little frumpy But I do like my martinis with a twist so sublime Cause while you all pay your taxes I could just relax I enjoy a martini with some lime Now my life may seem too plain and I may not be urbane But haute couture just isn't on my list No, I just want love and passion I don't care if I'm in fashion But I do like my martinis with a twist So if you want to get to know me There's just nothing that can throw me But I do like my martinis with a twist I insist I like my martinis with a twist 